Hi there, I'm talking to you. Yes, you. My name is Sherry, my pup's name is Sunny, and we're training to be an animal-assisted counseling team. You're listening to the Therapy Dog Talk podcast, the show that interviews past, present, and future therapy dog teams about how they're making an impact in their communities. Today we're talking with Tara about her experiences over the last 10 years of volunteering in Pittsburgh through both Therapy Dogs International and Alliance of Therapy Dogs. We'll discuss how she figured out the right environment for her Labrador Juno, who Juno has a celebrity nickname with, and what they both enjoy about doing this work. Before we hop in, if you're just getting started on your therapy dog journey and feeling a bit lost, I've put together a free guide for you, which you can find on my website at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. Without further ado, meet Tara and Juno. Yay, I can see you. (laughs) I can see you. I can hear you. I was like, I'm in here, but I don't know what's happening. (laughs) I know. And people in the comments were like, we can see her and hear her, but I couldn't see you or hear you because Instagram is just awesome like that sometimes oh my gosh well yes I saw all the shenanigans that was happening in there I saw Mr. Boone so (laughs) (laughs) it took me a second to realize that they were mentioning because I forgot you both are pit paws (laughs) (laughs) obviously your favorite dog to work with is Boone right (laughs) obviously yes (laughs) you know loves Boone oh I love that yeah well Tara now that we have you in here would you like to introduce yourself and Juno to everyone? Sure, sure. Hi, everybody. My name's Tara Hoover. I have a 14-year-old chocolate lab named Juno. I was hoping she was going to make an appearance, but she's actually on her way. They're leaving in a couple minutes to go to the chiropractor. So lots of upkeep for my senior girl. But yeah, we have been actively volunteering since 2012. We've been at it a really long time. I've learned a lot of things over the years and it's been wonderful. I can't think of a better way to volunteer than to do it with your dog. I love that. Wow, 14. She'll be okay. 15 in June. So we're approaching the half birthday here in uh, right before Christmas. So, yeah. Very cool. I love that you're doing things like chiropractic work with her to help keep her young and agile. <laughs> Absolutely. She has been going to physical therapy since she was a pup, just because okay. she tore both ACLs before she was two. So we kind of got started on that very early. And then we just stuck with it. And it really has just, she's a very energetic, energetic and active girl. So we kind of just like kept it up as maintenance. And then in the, you know, I'd say probably last five to seven years, we've been doing chiropractor and acupuncture treatments with her once a month, which has been really good to help, you know, slow down any kind of like arthritis. She had full back surgery a couple years ago. I say a couple, probably six or so now. And so when she blew some discs in her back, that was, you know, another big thing that we were trying to slow down any of the disc, you know, issues that she may be having as she got older because we knew arthritis and things would set in eventually so yes she has quite the schedule I hope she has pet insurance (laughs) she doesn't no she She does not after her first ACL happened yeah her vet was like well now she's a pre-existing condition right we were like oh well you know there's nothing we can do for that second ACL and didn't really think that she would blow two discs in her back and then her surgeon at that time was like well you guys have hit the trifecta so we just always were like yeah I mean this is pretty big so this is the end of it and then it just never was the end of it but she's an only child I don't have children she is my four-legged baby and I'll do whatever I can for her so 
I was going to say, I'm sure she's where it's every penny and hundred dollar bill. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Well, Tara, that's a long time that you've been volunteering together. How did you first find out about therapy dogs? So I actually had to do a little bit of digging this morning because it's been so long and I wanted to make sure I had kind of the dates because I tell the story, but things kind of like run together because it was a decade ago. And so when Juno was a puppy, we started to go to take her to dog school. So we were, if any but he's here locally. We took her to Misty Pines up in Wexford. And, you know, we were in these classes and we were just going because we had this rambunctious puppy and we wanted her to be obedient and learn things. And their whole philosophy was, we are training you to be able to pass the test, whether you even want to be a therapy dog or not. Their curriculum and what they were teaching was geared towards having a dog that could pass the CGC, the Canine Good Citizen, and also therapy dogs, if you would want to do that. So I heard that term and I heard them talk a lot about it in class, but, you know, I wasn't exactly sure what it was. You know, I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. Like, that's something cool, you know? And so the longer that we stayed in class, I was like, you know, I'm looking to volunteer. I want to do something. She's so rambunctious and energetic. Like, I need to do something with her to give her a purpose. And so the more people that I talked to at the training facility, it just sounded like something that would be really cool. It didn't really come to fruition for me until I actually actually had to stay in the hospital. So fast forward, we got certified in 2012. And I will tell everybody that's here, it took me three plus years to train her to pass the test. And I mean, I could have probably taken the test and given it a go and like, but it took me that long to get confident in both of us to know that she had everything she needed to pass the test. At the time, there was a part of the test where the dog had to sit and accept a stranger and have them hug them. Juno is a kisser. She's a lover. She's a jumper. Like that was the one part of the test that we worked on for what felt like years. And so we finally passed. We got our certification in 2012. And at that time, a decade ago, really, when you heard of therapy dogs, it was like therapy dogs in nursing homes. That's just kind of what it was. The main thing was nursing homes and libraries. So I just thought, okay, cool. Like we got our certification. We're ready to go. My grandfather was in a nursing home at the time. I took her to see him. We tried out a couple different nursing homes and I quickly realized that this was not going to be a good fit. I was like, oh my gosh, the speed of Juno and the speed of the elderly patients at the nursing homes and the residents was not a good fit. And so I was like, oh, this, this is bad. You know, I was worried about her jumping or just like a random paw or, you know, very thin skin, like where there was all these things that you had to worry about. So I started to kind of get dejected because I was so excited that we passed the test and we're ready to go. And the things I kept trying out just didn't really seem like it was going to be a good thing. And so I was like, oh no, like now what am I going to do? So I was a little bummed out because we hadn't found a home yet. So we just kept trying different things, but I was just, you know, kind of fumbling. And then in 2013, I had to stay in the hospital for a week and a therapy dog came to visit me. And instantly I was like, this is what I want to do. I need to pursue this. It did so much for me being stuck in a hospital bed. I mean, I looked forward to seeing the dogs. It was amazing. And at the time I had been a patient and had several procedures done at a local hospital. So if anybody was on here from Pittsburgh, it was a passive event hospital. And so as soon as I kind of, you know, got myself healthy and was ready to go, I started to look into what we could do. And lo and behold, that hospital had a dedicated pet therapy team. 
And a year later, so in December of 2013, we had our interview at the hospital and we started volunteering at the hospital. And so that kind of started us off. And at the beginning, you know, and I tell everybody these stories because I don't want anybody to think that like you just get your certification and then your dog's perfect and everything's great because it's not. And I remember the day that we had our interview. I mean, I was sweating buckets because at this point, I mean, even though I knew that Juno could lock it down and behave herself when she needed to. I needed to make sure that the circumstances were correct, right? So like I needed to make sure that she had exercise. I wanted to make sure that she had, you know, all these things in place so that she could perform and be the best, you know, girl that she could be. Well, of course, the coordinator's like, meet us at 9 a.m. on a Friday morning. And I was like, I can't stick this. And at this point, you know, Juno was four years old. She was still so energetic and putting her in the car for 45 minutes and then expecting her to be this like perfect therapy dog. I was so nervous. And so the coordinator was so gracious and understanding and lovely. But it was funny because she was like, we're going to start you off in common areas. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like that's fine. Like we weren't allowed in patient rooms right away. She let us ease our way in. And I think... I think within a month, Juno was comfortable and we were able to go into patient rooms and go other places and things. But we had to like work our way up. She just was such a maniac that everybody had to kind of like make sure, which I understood, you know, I was like, she can do it. She's good. And when I would take her, I would take her after class. So we would go to school and she would have obedience class for 45 minutes and then we would go volunteer. And it went on like that for years because it was the only way that I could be certain that she was mentally drained enough to behave herself on a visit. You know, so that's how we found our home. I knew that she was not the kind of dog that wanted to sit in one place for very long. She loves people and she loves to be on the move. And so the hospital ended up being a great fit for us because we just went room to room to room to nurse's station. There was plenty of things, you know, for her to visit and to investigate and to look at. And so it was a really good fit. Yeah, it definitely. I hear the Labrador puppy energy in there for sure. It was crazy. I mean, she had a reputation of like class clown when we would go to school, you know, and I think that our trainer at school, you know, loved the idea that she was this crazy clown, but she also could do it when she put the vest on, she knew, you know, <laughs> and so it was a sign that they know and they know what their job is. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've been at Passament ever since. Nice. Yeah. And you're registered through Alliance of Therapy Dogs, right? We are. We started years and years ago with Therapy Dogs International. Okay. And then just the more I was volunteering, the more things that I got involved in, they have their kind of more strict rules about who you can be around and they don't, they're very like, you can only be with us. And gotcha. so we switched when we joined Pit Paws at the airport to the Alliance okay. of Therapy Dogs because they would let me be a part of the Alliance and TDI at the same time if I wanted to. They're not as closed off. They're a little bit more open about like what their mm -hmm. volunteers are doing. So because of that, I wanted to stay at the airport and the airport went to an Alliance only program. So gotcha. we switched and went to the Alliance. And the hospital was okay with you being with Alliance? Yes. And actually, I mean, I'm just sharing this based on experience because I I didn't know this, you know, years and years went by, right? Like we were volunteering at Passivant at the hospital this whole time. And when this came up, when the airport switched, 
unbeknownst to me, the hospital was taking people from all different kinds of therapy dog organizations. So it wasn't just TDI. It wasn't just the Alliance. There's a couple other local ones here in Pittsburgh. And I didn't realize like the hospital had us training new dogs. So like when a new dog would join, a lot of times we would be the team to welcome them. And I didn't even know that was something that I should have been asking. Thank God nothing ever happened. But unbeknownst to me, that whole time that I was in the presence of a dog that was part of another organization, because I was part of TDI at that time, my insurance wasn't in effect. So, you know, by switching and kind of doing my homework, I didn't really realize some of the fine print when it comes to when you're covered and when you're not. And so that was certainly a lesson. I didn't know all that time, you know, I just wasn't really aware of what exactly that meant. So yeah. It can be difficult to figure out some of those questions because you don't even know what to ask a lot of times. Yeah, it is. And I know a lot of people who just will get like a general liability policy for themselves personally, just to know that no matter what happens with whatever organization that's involved, you still have some sort of, you know, kind of umbrella coverage for yourself. Yeah. It's not the fun part to think about when you're doing <laughs> this, right? Like you're just excited. You want to go and you want to do something good with your dog, but there is a liability factor to it. So you just need to be aware. Yeah, definitely. I know that's something we talked about with Kara a while back. She was on here because she's also a lawyer. <laughs> so we talked quite a bit about like, obviously she can't get legal advice on therapy dog talk and sure. I'm certainly not an expert, but she was sharing a bit about umbrella policies and what organizations cover and things like that. So yeah, it can be pretty interesting. That's something that doesn't get talked about that much, I feel like. Yeah, again, it's just not the thing that you want to think about when you work so hard to get the certification and you get it and you're excited. But yeah, just based on my own experience, definitely ask the questions. And what I also have learned is that the facilities, it's not their job or it's not in their interest to really go and make sure that you're covered, right? They're just like, we want as many volunteers as we can get. It's up to you to figure out if you can come here and in what capacity. And that's kind of along the way, unless you have a facility like the airport that decides that we're only going to do Alliance because it just makes everything easy. When you have a place that will accept multiple programs, you just have to make sure that where you're registered will allow you. Because a lot of times there's group events and parties and that's when they want the dogs there. So you just have to be really aware of, yeah, who's there and who they're registered with and all the kind of like fine print legal stuff, you know? Yeah. Jared said, just for clarification, an extra policy outside of doing therapy work, you are covered by ATD with its policy. Yeah, Jared, ATD covers up to a certain amount as far as I understand. So Mm -hmm. like an umbrella policy gets you beyond that and outside of where you're working with ATD too. Yeah. And ATD in any place, they have like ATD. It's like your insurance covers you from, you know, your car to the door. Like you right. know, there's, there's very, I'm sure that if something happens, that's when all of these really minute details are going to come into right. play. So yeah. I have an umbrella just for like, if anything were to happen that doesn't happen to be covered under that specific policy with ATD, then I just know that I have a little bit of extra protection there. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Jared said AT covers up to one million. And I know they have an extra policy you can sign up for if you do professional work too. Yes. Yeah. Woody was curious, how much support does the therapy program get from the hospital? 
the hospital, it's such a big place. And there's so many people just kind of coming in and out. Like for the longest time, we were the weekend crew. I still work full time. And so it actually worked well for me because that's when I could go on the weekends. And then for Juno, because the weekends were not as crazy and crowded. So it was a little bit better for her. It was a better environment. So we kind of all just like worked autonomously. I mean, even now when I go, like the nurses will mention other dogs and I've been there for a decade and I haven't seen a lot of the other dogs. At that hospital specifically, there really hasn't been a lot of like group type events or, you know, really there. I go, I do my thing. We'll train new dogs whenever we're asked to do so. But other than that, it's kind of just been like an on your own type of when you can come, come. They're very appreciative. It never came to be, but there was some talk when things started to open up after COVID, they were going to have kind of like group rooms where they were going to try to, you know, organize multiple dogs in a room so that we weren't roaming the hospital. So there was some organization like talk, but that even never really, you know, came to light. Now, on the flip side... At the airport, there is way more opportunity to do group events, volunteer together. You know, we just got an email today. We're having a holiday dog parade. So all of us parade through the terminals. So as far as kind of just feeling like a team and a group, I found that much more through pit paws than I have at the hospital. But they both are good in just different ways. So I don't want to say that the hospital doesn't support us. It's not that. But at least at that hospital, to me, it just seems to be kind of like you're on your own. Yeah. Are there any other differences that you really notice between the airport program and the hospital program in terms of things that you have to be aware of for Juno or maybe even how the different environments impact Juno? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, after I saw the success of how she did at the hospital, I bugged the airport for a couple of years before I just on my own reached out to like the marketing coordinator person, some communications person. And my husband, and I run 5Ks and we were actually at a race once and the airport had a little booth set up and I marched right over there and I was like, you guys need a therapy dog program. And so I got some information and I kept bugging them every maybe, you know, twice a year for a couple of years. And I didn't know that they were in the process for a while of getting this. You know, it took them a long time and I was not involved in like the setting up of it. But as soon as I found out that it was created, I was like, we are there. And I just knew that Juno loves to move and it would be such a great environment for her. What I wasn't prepared for was the constant leave it, not eating everything on the floor because hospitals are pristine, right? (laughs) So then you go to the airport and it's like a buffet and you have to really watch because there's a lot of stuff on the floor. You don't want them to be eating, you know? So I need to be on my game a lot more as far as just like making sure that she's not under seats and which she does, she gets into things, right? You know, but I find myself having to be on top of her a little bit more at the airport than I do at the hospital because the hospital is just a more confined place, right? Like we know what we're doing. We mostly visit the nurses, you know, they love her, they play with her, all the things, but the airport is just this expansive place (laughs) with just so much, right? So yeah, it is. I mean, the airport's very upfront when people apply and they say like, this might not be a good fit. And again, like that's just what I tell everybody is you have to be willing to accept that as much as you might want to be there, 
if it's not the best place for your dog, then it's just something you're not going to be able to do. And I learned that the hard way through the different facilities that I would go into on the nursing home end of things. I didn't know that this is where we would end up, but it's been great. And we've met so many people and I've collected so many wonderful friends over the years, you know, by doing this. So yeah, the airport is a much more, I would say, stimulating place. There's just people and suitcases. And I mean, even something as small as in our airport in the baggage claim it's a tile floor. Mm-hmm. And like, this is something like people would not think about, right? But I'm there with my dog and the sound of the wheels mm-hmm. on that tile. The first couple years we did it, I could see instantly she would get kind of amped up and like nervous in the baggage claim. It just was that noise everywhere. So I kind of stayed away from the baggage claim and I just went to different places. The thing I love about the airport is that I feel like there are so many opportunities to find a fit. So if your dog doesn't want to roam, then you can just stand in one place, stand at the beginning of the food court or something where people are, you know, coming and going. So the thing I like about the airport is the flexibility and versatility it offers a volunteer because you don't have to be at the crowded gate if you don't want to be. You can kind of find some quieter areas. If you make 10 people smile, then you did your job, right? It's not about quantity. It's just about trying to help somebody. Yeah, definitely. Someone asked, at the hospital, are you more with adult patients or kids? So at the hospital that we're at, it is not a children's hospital. So it's mostly adults. And I will say that in Juno's senior years, she's a smaller lab. And so she isn't tall enough to see the patient, but she's too big for me to pick up. And she also still at 14, she wants to interact with people. Mm-hmm. And so for the longest time, the patient, they're in bed and they would put their hand down and she would come and sniff their hand and they would pet her head. And that's about the most interaction she would have with the patient. She'd interact way more with their family members because they are there, you know, and Juno flocks to the people who can give her attention as well. And so now when we go, it's mostly the nurses and she okay. is definitely a nurse's therapy dog. We visit all the nurses mm-hmm. stations. We know everybody's name. One nurse brings her a present every single time we go. It's crazy. But yes, we never really had an opportunity to deal much with children. I knew going into it that Juno was not a good fit for our children's hospital program. I have some friends that have been working in that program. It's very strict. You have to do a lot to even get in. I knew that was probably not a good, (laughs) that was not a good fit for Juno. So yes, mostly adults for the most part. I love how much thought you put into your volunteering. Like at the beginning, you were noting that you had to wait till you felt confident in yourself and in your dog. And through a couple of these stories, you've talked about knowing like that just wasn't a good fit for you or it wasn't a good fit for her. And I think that that's really amazing and so important um, to understand because sometimes you might really want to be somewhere, but it's just not a good fit for your dog. Or I know. And the therapy so work isn't a good fit. <laughs> so. It's so hard. And I mean, yeah. I'm going to have to face that, you know, I mean, I will do this as long as she is able, Yeah, but she's not going to be able to do it forever. And that's going to be a really hard and sad day when I have to say, I have to do what's best for her. 
you know. Yeah. And one thing I even really like about ATD is that they are very vocal about saying our number one job is to protect our dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, if the facility asks you to stay that extra half hour, if your dog is done, you need to say no, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, I like that they back us up on that and they yeah. constantly remind us that like we are their advocate. And when they're done, we need to be done whenever that happens. Sometimes we're at the hospital for an hour and a half. Sometimes we're there for 45 minutes. I have to make sure that I'm doing what's right by her. Right. What are those signs that you look for her to know when it's time to retire from therapy dog work? When she doesn't seem as focused and kind Mm -hmm. of as interested, she'll yawn. So she'll yawn a lot. You know, and that yawning could be whether she's nervous or tired or just kind of like done. So like panting, yawning with her, especially at this age, when she's not interested, you can just kind of tell she's just like, I'm done. I would say because we had that break with COVID, for me, those were critical years because it went from like 11, 12 to 13, 14. Mm -hmm. And those years, you know, the aging process is pretty rapid once you get to the teenage years. And so... I have to just really physically pay attention to her because Mm -hmm. if we go a little bit too long, she kind of sinks and she just kind of goes, okay, I'm done, you know, and she just starts to like lay down very, very slowly, you know, so I have to, because of her age now, I need to be even more on my toes to make sure that I stop before she gets too exhausted. So, yeah. Woody wants to know, what will you do when she decides that it's enough for her? Have you thought about training another, which I know can be a really hard hard question to even think about. If I have a dog and that dog is able to be a therapy dog, I can't imagine not doing this. So I will never be dogless. But again, would it break my heart if in my future, you know, dog mom life, if I have a dog that I really want to get certified and it just isn't a good fit, then it's not going to be a good fit. And that's going to be really hard for me to accept, you know, but through these years of talking to people, I also tell everybody that every dog's a therapy dog. It just might be your personal therapy dog, you know? (laughs) Like every dog is doing their therapy in their own way. So yes, I mean, I have every intention of getting future dogs certified, you know, if I can make that happen. Awesome. A quick note from Jared, just in case someone heard the 1 million earlier, he said he looked it up on ATD's website and it's actually 5 million per occurrence. So oh, nice. Okay. Just a note there in case anyone from ATD is watching or listening and we don't want to lead them astray. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just look at, do your homework, read yeah. all the documents. Look at the, it could change by the time you hear this, if you're listening. So. Yeah. And I mean, we get issued new insurance every year. I mean, yeah. even something like that, like you have to make sure that your facility has your updated insurance documents, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's a little bit of homework to do. And one other thing I would say too, just based on my, where I've chosen to spend my time volunteering is there are yearly requirements. So mm-hmm. I have to take multiple tests at the hospital. I'm required to have a flu shot. There are things I need to be doing on a yearly basis to keep my volunteer status active. On the flip side, I have to take a test and get badged every year at the airport to keep my security badge active. So volunteering is great, but there's also some responsibility that comes with it on the part of the human. So and that seems to be a pretty common thing where you get your certification, but the facility will have their own set of rules and things that you have to do as well. And I've talked to some people who are like, oh, I don't want to have to go and take a test. And it's like, that's fine. You know, that's totally fine. But yeah. just know that you have to do it before you take the time to, to apply. 
Yeah. Man, everyone really wants to get Boone all the shout outs today. Astrid wants to know if Juno has the best therapy dog friend. That's my buddy, Brad, from the airport. He works for Southwest. And okay. yes, Brad, Juno and Boone, they have a celebrity nickname. They go by Boono. Juno and Boone work very well together. They're very sweet <laughs> when you see them together. Well, I'm very glad then that we finally got the other half of Boone on here because we've already <laughs> talked to Boone. Boone is the best. So yeah, I love when they're able to work together. I've seen him try to protect Juno from okay. his wheels. And it's just like the cutest thing ever. He's like, get away from my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Tara, do you have any advice for someone who's interested in getting started in this work? Just do your homework, really. I mean, for me, obedience classes were a godsend because I was able to soak up the knowledge and the instructor helped us, but being around other dogs, just, you know, I know a lot of people who do it themselves, you know, because the tests are online and you can kind of read and figure out what you need to do. But a group class definitely helped us. And then if you can talk to as many people as possible, I think that's really helpful. I really didn't know many people 10 years ago to get this advice or to get this kind of like firsthand experience. So I would ask a lot of questions, talk to a lot of people and just go into it with an open mind of just that your dog will let you know what's a good fit. But the great thing is that I've seen so many more opportunities come about in the decade that we've been doing this. I just told somebody on Friday, he was asking me, that's the other thing is like, I tell passengers all the time about it. I tell them I have my badge. They take a picture of the ATD website. I'm like, go online. Like, And he was saying, you know, he wanted to get his dog certified. And he's like, I don't know. I just don't know where we would go. I said, don't worry about it. There are so many opportunities between libraries and schools and nursing homes and airports and, you know, courtrooms. And there's just so many. There's so many things that you can do. So if you don't find your fit right away, just keep trying and you'll find something that fits for sure. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I don't keep you too long, but before we leave, what do you enjoy the most about this work? Or if it's easier to tell it in a story, what's a story that really is a good example of why you enjoy doing this? Okay, I have two. And before you go, since Juno's not here, I actually just remembered. I have this little cutout on my desk. So anyway, this is Juno. Paper Juno. This is my little girl. So two stories stand out. I have one hospital and one airport. At the hospital, I guess even not even just one specific story, but I have been in the room when people are saying goodbye for the last time. They don't know me. They don't know my dog. But I sat there and they just had a hand on Juno while they said goodbye. And it's just so powerful. You don't realize that it helps that much. And it does, you know. So those moments, definitely, I have countless moments like that. It just happened. You don't plan for them to happen. But you're there at the right time in the right place. And it's beautiful. And it really is like, wow, you really feel that you did something good. On the flip side at the airport, the very first day we went. And again, like, I'm super nervous. I don't know what to expect. You know, we're doing our thing. And we stumbled upon this woman who was terrified to fly. And we sat with her for probably 15, 20 minutes and we talked, you know, she played with her and she just, it got her mind off of it. And she sat there and just thanked me profusely. And I'm like, this is my first day and this is amazing. You know, I've had people tell me they didn't have to take Xanax before a flight because they just had a distraction and a calming presence of a dog. And yeah, those little moments happen all the time. It's a nice reminder that you're doing something good for the world. I love that. 
And it sounds like you've inspired Jared to check out the airport for Brie when she becomes certified since it's near them. Definitely, definitely. Jared, (laughs) I believe they want the dog, I think, to be a year old and to have some sort of prior experience. So get out there, get started, go to, you know, at least a couple places so that you're able to say that you've gone and done some sort of volunteering first. And then, yeah, I love Pit Paws. It's been so much fun. I love that we have it. I think we're over 20 dogs now. I remember when it was just a couple of us. So yeah, it's super fun. And just like the hospital, when Juno is mostly a nurse's girl, the employees love it and we love the employees. And so we have all of our BFFs and we go and we visit all of the employees when we work and it's so much fun. Yeah, I know the employees really get into trying to collect all the cards and everything. Yes, yeah. It's really cool when the gate agent will announce us because then I don't have to like repeat myself a thousand times. I love it when the gate agent will hop on and be like, Juno's here to just say hi to everybody if you want some puppy love, you know, so it's good. I think they appreciate us as much as we appreciate them. That's a really good idea if you're working at an airport to have the gate agent announce. And so you don't have to say it over and over. Yeah, I know. Because I'm like, oh, this is Juno. She's here. You know, it's like, I just sound like a broken record. So yeah, it's really fun. When they spy us early enough and they're able to kind of announce it, then like, you know, people don't have to ask questions anymore. They just kind of know. Yeah. That's really great. I love that. Someone commented, I think it was Astrid. They said, as much as it's about the dog, it's also about the handler, both comfort the people. So it's true. Yeah, last Christmas, we volunteered Christmas Eve. I vividly remember this older woman. She hadn't flown in, I think, 40 years. And we sat with her and she held my face and was like, thank you. You just want to cry. I mean, you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm here with my goofy dog and we're not doing anything special. (laughs) But I think it does make a difference. So yeah, this woman was so sweet. She was so scared. She had to connect and she was in Pittsburgh on a connection. And, you know, we calmed her down and told her it would be okay and hung out with her. And, you know, you have flashes of those things, right? So Mm -hmm. over the years, you just collect those moments. And at the end of it, you've helped a lot of people. Yeah. You're getting all the hearts, all the likes right now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely resonating with people today. Yeah, I love it. Therapy dogs are, they're amazing. Yeah. And you know, it takes a really special person to do that work with them too. So I do think that a lot of people, when they first get into it, they forget that like there is the human element of volunteering with your dog as well. Like your dog doesn't do all the work for you. So yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, Tara, is there anything else that you really wanted to share while you're here? I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I just tell people, I'm like, I don't sugarcoat it. Like, I am real with people. I don't want people to think that Juno's this rock star dog. And like, no, this took years. <laughs> you know, it took years and it took a lot of failures and it took a lot of trial and error. And, you know, just don't get discouraged because it's easy to get discouraged. And so just listen to your dog, pay attention and, you know, you'll figure it out. Yeah, I love that. And I love your honesty and transparency about your journey, too, because I think a lot of people do get discouraged. They hear the stories of like the dog who just turned one year old and passed their test oh my the first I try. Know. And, like, I know. and I, I really just don't that. think that's the norm. It's just like, no, I know. And I now I love to say to people, it took me three plus years to take yes. that test. <laughs> and another funny story I could talk about this all day. I promise I'll shut up. I could um, too, so it's okay. <laughs> there's one other story that is like Juno's claim to fame, which I freaking love telling people this. So one of the other things I had in my head 
was I found out that there were therapy dogs at the University of Pittsburgh. And they had an event every Tuesday. They still do it. It's called Therapy Dog Tuesdays at Pitt. And all the dogs come and the students are there. And I was like, yes, this would be amazing. Juno is crazy and energetic and she likes kids and older kids, all that stuff, right? So I'm like, this is perfect. This is what we're going to do. And actually, I think this was before I found Passivant. Well, Pitt, like most organizations and stuff, they have their own rules and you have to pass a special obedience class before you can get into Pitt, right? Well, of course, the obedience class is at 730, like on a Thursday night. And I work full time. This dog has had no exercise all day long. And I come home and I put her in the car, drive a half an hour. The classes were at the Humane Society in the north side. And she couldn't pass. She was a maniac. And I'm still friends with the lady that runs the program to this day. And Juno's like this legendary reject. And I was like, (laughs) she can do it. I promise she can do it. And she's like, I believe you, honey, but she's not doing it right now. And so that's not going to work. And so we tried and tried and she wouldn't let us in. I mean, good for her because Juno was a maniac in these classes. And so I just on Friday sat with some Pitt students and I was like, Juno couldn't get into Pitt. She was rejected. <laughs> but now, you know, again, Application like, you know, denied. <laughs> I know. And I, so I love telling all the college, especially this time of year, I tell all the college kids that Juno couldn't get into college. You know, and again, like the silver lining to that is that Juno would have hated it because it's in this cathedral, you know, on campus and everyone sits in one place place. And the students go from like pod to pod and visit the dogs. That would drive Juno insane. She would not have been a good fit for that at all. I didn't know that at the time, but I was so dejected and so upset that I was like, oh, this is super embarrassing. Like Juno can't get into the University of Pittsburgh, but she couldn't. And she's still a pit reject until this day. Her GPA wasn't high enough. It wasn't. She was class clown and she was goofing off and she didn't want to listen and she couldn't take the final. She could be a school dropout. (laughs) So yeah. I'm very honest with everybody. And that's one of my funny stories. Yeah, it's true. You know, she couldn't get into college. But she found where she does excel. And that's all. She does. Exactly. She's an inspiration to college kids who are flying home for the holidays. A hundred percent. I love it. Well, Tara, everyone in the comments says that you're the best. And I have to agree with them. So thank you. I mean, they're all my friends. So I love them all. You pay them to be here, but that's okay. I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. You probably pay them in Juno kisses. So, you know. Yeah, she knows no ends to the kisses. So they're paid (laughs) handsomely. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. And if people want to follow your journey with Juno, they can find you at Tara Hoover, right? On Instagram? Yes. My Instagram is just dedicated to my therapy dog work with Juno. So follow me at Tara Hoover. I hashtag everything Juno Hoover as well. So if you want to follow the hashtag, you can do that too. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Tara. It was really great to have you here. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Therapy Dog Talk. If you did, please do me a favor and leave a review and rating on the podcast platform of your choice. If you have a guest that you think would be a great fit for Therapy Dog Talk, send me an email at hello at therapydogtalk.com. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.